0: Do you want to look handsome as fuck? Well, then you should try combat comb over for your hair and your face and your beard.
1: And then once you have all that additional swagger, you need something to carry it around in. Use the nut ruck by Arbor Arms.
0: And while you're uh, carrying that nut ruck, you should also remember to keep yourself as fresh as possible because you never know what might happen when you're looking that good. So keep yourself some body powder from Hollywood Powder Company.
1: Use our discount code Smokepit on all of our sponsors to save yourself some money. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. What up, doe? Brother man, it has been fucking cold recently. I know, it's glorious. It has been some fucking polar vortex, is that what they're calling it? It is the polar vortex. It's basically the equivalent of the country being a microwavable
0: burrito from the gas station. That's right, the west coast and the east coast are like the hot outer parts, but the inside, still frozen. So I, um, I, I took the opportunity
1: to do uh, a little bit of winter sports, if, uh, if you catch my drift. Uh,
0: I, I believe I do. I do catch your drift.
1: Yes, and uh, I went snowboarding with uh, Sam for Valentine's Day, and as you would imagine, I, uh, I snowboarded about as well as most Floridians do. So you ate shit quite a lot. Yeah, I only did two cartwheels when I wiped out, though. Did they look epic, though? I don't know. It was just uh, snow, sky, snow, sky, pain. <laughs> See if you do that in a car we call it dirt sky. And so it's it's hard to live somewhere that's cold like especially if you have like trust issues because like you'd be walking around and you'll bust your ass on some ice you didn't see and it's like damn bro even the ground betrayed me.
0: <laughs> see that's the thing too is you get some ice that's like our uh, ice and snow that's easy to walk on. You're like all right this is some good powdery stuff I can just crunch into it. And you hit that one spot that looks exactly the same, and then poof, you're in traffic. what <laughs> and
1: so it's just just pain and shame and regret. <laughs> why don't I? Uh, I don't. Why don't I live in Florida right now? Ah, yes, because of the meth heads and as we like to call them Floridians. I mean, there's a reason that Florida man is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm perfectly aware, but. Uh, it seems that uh, Florida is not the only place that has people showing their ass recently, though. Um, if this is
0: going into a Ted Cruz joke, I like where you're headed.
1: Uh, no, no, most certainly not. But uh, we have recently seen a video that uh, is allegedly the 10th Mountain uh, Division, which uh, I'm not exactly sure how the Army works. I think they were just like, ah, you guys, you're, you're going to be mountain soldiers. And everybody was like, okay.
0: Yeah, I know some guys from 10th Mountain, and they are definitely all live in places where there's no kind of elevation at all. <laughs> so they have to like fly them to places with mountains, they're like, ah, oh, this is a mountain. And they're like, ah, oh, we've identified what a mountain is. Ah, oh, now you're 10th Mountain Division. Ah, bring them home.
1: Got them. <laughs> ah, we won. <laughs> and so this video shows some rear- room-clearing
0: exercises, and things go awry, Alexander. Broski, I have seen the video uh, shortly before taping, and I was just—I I got no— information on it dan just said hey take a look at this video and i was just my marine corps anxiety went up into my butthole because of the amount of flagging going on in that video
1: yes and for those who are, are not completely familiar with uh close quarter battle terms cqb uh flagging is if you wave your muzzle across something that should not be muzzle waved
0: don't point <laughs> your boom boom stick at the people you don't want to destroy a i
1: so inherently, if you're in a combat situation, there are going to be some times where you have to take a little bit of liberties. in a can training scenario, if you so much as like point your muzzle slightly outside of the left and right lateral limits, you know, you get tackled and you get in trouble and you know, it's just a bad day. However, in combat, it's not like that. But regardless of that, there was no excuse for, for the conduct of this. One, it was a training environment. two, Like, it was completely unnecessary, and three, they were using live
0: rounds. So that's the thing. The the reason why there's so much of an emphasis on not doing it in training is to instill in your brain not to do it when you're not in training. It's going to happen, but we want to try to keep that shit to a minimum.
1: Yeah, so say I'm holding security on a door as, like, you know, we're getting ready to go into the next part of uh, the complex or the house, right? If I'm not the first man to go through that door, there's going to have to be a trade-off. At one point in time, I'm going to have to lower my muzzle while somebody else picks up security. Now, depending on the angles of which you are covering, which we like to call depth, like if you have depth into a room, like you could see, you already own that territory. And I'm making my little um, Marine Corps gun gesture with my hands.
0: You're doing your, your paws up?
1: Yeah, I have, I have my knuckles
0: up, uh, as all instructors do when talking about urban combat. It's his paws. You know what? Just as a quick aside. Yeah. You ever see those TikTok videos with the, with the girls in the anime costumes, and they do the... The cat paws and then they lick up in the air and then they yeah. try and do it again. That always reminds me. Like I try to be like yeah, and then it always reminds me of watching some some drill instructor like do like the, the, <laughs> the paws up to hold the like the fake gun. Yeah, like, they're making the gun gesture. And I'm like ruined it. That's so, how the Marine Corps ruined anime girls for me.
1: <laughs> well, uh yeah, So you have dominance into this room. You you own that piece of real estate basically. And so it would make sense for you to be the first person to go in or to pie off the room because you can actually clear three quarters of a room before you even step in it. Right. Uh, it's not the way that they like to teach doctrine. But, you know, the more of us that get schwacked in urban combat, the the more justification they have to send more troops to Fallujah.
0: I will say nowadays uh, they, they kind of they call pieing threshold clearing now. Like yeah. This is a big thing we just went through like a week ago. And it's it's the same thing, but we needed a fancy term for it. But um, they they found that a lot of times the rapid entry of kinetic marines uh, tends to be an issue when they start like when the bad guys are watching our action films and watching us do that. So the the tenth of a second it takes for that threshold clear is supposed to reduce casualty ratings. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But that was not the case in this video.
1: Negative. The person who was uh, holding security on the uh, the door, which had not been opened yet, so they didn't have depth into the room, um, kept his muzzle or her. I, I don't know. I didn't see who, who was in charge of it. Hard to tell with helmets on. Yeah. And everybody can get blamed here. You know, like
0: <laughs> everybody's guilty. And so
1: um, the individual, <laughs> the the shooter uh, who entered the room and was engaging targets, Left their muzzle up as other soldiers crossed in front of them and went into the next room. Didn't even like attempt to put it down for like safety reasons. Like
0: even the sergeant, I think, uh, that was coming that he wasn't in a participant in the exercise. He was like running it as an administrative uh, like instructor. You can see he wasn't carrying a weapon in his hands. Yeah, like he's going from room to room behind the two that are in front, and even that guy gets muzzled. And so in most shoot houses, uh, there's a lot of ballistic
1: uh, material. So you can kind of shoot in a lot of different directions, but there's also usually a catwalk. So that way cadre and various uh, higher-ups can observe from a bird's eye view. Nobody was saying anything. And it wasn't just like the one time. It was like room after room after room and just like half a dozen people flagged. Nobody said anything. It was absolutely chaotic. It's trending on social media. People are losing their minds and so we figured we'd uh take the opportunity to talk about it.
0: The thing that gets me about that too is is anytime like the person who did it is the one who was filming it. Like it was a GoPro or a helmet mounted camera, whatever kind of thing. But wh- why why? Why? Why did you But Mista, why? But Mista, why? I mean, anytime I anytime I video anything I do because I'm gonna post it or, <laughs> or I'm gonna show Dan or whatever. <laughs> Like, uh, there, I've been doing a little bit of experimenting into into recording VR sessions, right? But if I look at it and it's absolute garbage or I'm fucking it up real bad, I'm not going to be like, hey, that looks good, post. And not only that, but then they put it to DMX's "X" going to give it to you <sighs> Please, please stop abusing that song. <laughs> like, if you're going to use that song, that is a badass song. Use that for, like, actually giving someone, like the business. Don't give it to, oh, I'm going through a shoot house that's clearly canned and I'm muzzling all my buddies. And
1: the I think the thing that was the most disturbing about it is that no one had the wherewithal to be like, correct yourself and stop it. It just it just
0: didn't happen. <laughs> Not one person. Not one person. They couldn't hire a civilian consultant. testicular fortitude. <laughs> they couldn't even hire a civilian consultant and have Dan fly out there and just stand on the catwalk with his majestic beard and be like,
1: correct yourself. Yes, uh, so our, if there are any uh, unit training officers out there that would like to hire me uh, to yell at you guys while you train, um, I'm available. Shoot me an email.
0: And uh, as long as I'm on telework, uh, I'm also available. <laughs> yes. I, I will Zoom call into your training and tell you exactly what you're fucking up. So that is not the only
1: problem that the, uh, the military has had uh, a bit of a black eye this week with. Oh, woof. Yes, you're right. So we, um, uh, well, more so me particularly, I spent uh, the majority of like the last two days kind of dealing with one instance in particular where it was a, uh, a failure of a individual Marine and her chain of command during um, a, p- a very difficult period of, of her life. So basically what had happened is that there had uh, been some allegations of sexual harassment and assault and various things that had happened and this individual felt like she had been let down by the marine corps and she made a very um emotional and passionate uh TikTok video about it airing her grievances and it went viral uh i think before it got pulled down it had over a ha- uh, 600,000 likes I didn't realize it got pulled down. Yeah, it did. Uh, I don't know if uh, if she deleted it or if the, the chain of command directed her to delete it, but everyone took notice. Um, I was calling public affairs. I was you know, getting other people to, to jump in on it. Eventually got all the way up to the Secretary of Defense, and he made a comment on it. I think this was Thursday or Friday, and he said that uh, he, he was having his staff investigate and they were going to brief him. And so I was posting about this, and I received dozens of messages from young men and women who had their own traumas while they were in the service. And it was very disheartening to read all of these and to see the various failures that, that came across. And so with with all things, there's always um, room to elaborate on stories. And I, I don't want to air anyone's business out without uh, their their permission because it is a, it is a sensitive subject. But I will say that it's just so disappointing to see that this has happened to so many people. And granted, I get it. 99% of the military doing the right thing every day. But by God,
0: it only takes one person to fuck things up, you know? The thing that always gets me about this, and and through working with the smoke pit and, and all this, is a lot of times I see the military just kind of taking a blind eye. And I don't understand that. Like, we're not in a full-scale war anymore. And as an infantryman, I remember like even in peacetime, everybody treats everything like it's like it's the end of the world, like Marines are going to die. If you fuck up even a little bit, you get your dick slammed in the door for being like five minutes late or, oh, you wore the wrong uniform because we told you the wrong thing. And we sent a text out 10 minutes before you're supposed to be here to fix yourself. Something completely inconsequential that didn't matter was the end of the goddamn universe. And yet you have people who have legitimate problems like good soldiers, good sailors, airmen and marines that are trying to do their thing, trying to help their country and and put in their active service and they and they're basically getting just dropped in the in the in the in the trash heap. And it wasn't
1: just uh, American military who was reaching out to me. I had personnel from various branches all over the world reach out as well. And if, uh, if, if you're not extremely familiar, I would I would highly recommend that you spend a little bit of time online looking up uh, Vanessa Guillen, uh, Staff Sergeant Jessica Mitchell, PFC Asia Graham, uh, PFC Levina Johnson, um, Corporal Thay Ohu, and um, also Celeste Largo. So these are just a few names that if you are to look up their story, it is absolutely tragic. It is a systematic failure on multiple occasions of Chain of Command's to protect an individual and I've had men message me I've had uh, people from all different uh, branches and ranks and it's it's not just something that you can boil down to lore enlisted in the armory it's 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 everywhere and it is awful because we spend so much time and energy thinking about things like you said that are inconsequential you know like all this time and energy on tattoo policies and whatever but the fact of the matter is is that We have really asked for some basic things. We want a third party to investigate claims of sexual assault and sexual harassment. We want uh, victims to be able to be physically separated from their accuser. Like I had one individual message me and she said that the assault happened. And for two years she spent living in the in the, the room next to where the assault happened and they wouldn't move her. Can you imagine that something terrible happens to you and you have
0: to live in the room next to where it, you have to walk by it every single day. Like, that's awful. Yeah, it's not like the Marine Corps or the military generally, whatever whatever branch or whatever country. It's not like you don't have someplace else to put them.
1: And beyond that, like, people don't yeah. understand, like, the there's not only psychological repercussions, but there's physical repercussions. Uh, I was reading stories of victims who were beaten so badly that they lost the opportunity to be a pilot because now they no longer have the vision that's required because they had orbital damage. I read stories of people who uh, reported and they wanted to do the type of report that is restricted so that way all their information is to get blasted out. And then somebody leaks the information and now they're getting harassed and, and called all kinds of messed up things. And it's not only terrible that this happens to our brothers and sisters in arms, but then the fact of the matter was is that we here at Pop Smoke Media have been talking about this for years. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for people in charge to listen? We've been voicing our concern for years. I think the last time that I saw any really comprehensive uh, change was back in like 92. And they, uh, they passed a law to give some protection to some of the victims. But like there, there hasn't really been a whole lot since. Yeah, and fat lot of good that seems to have done. So what we would highly encourage anybody who's listening is reach out to your representatives and email them, call them, write them letters. And if you're new to the game, you could say something to the, the effect of like, you know, uh, you know, good morning, sir, or ma'am, um, contacting you in regards to the uh, pervasive issue of sexual assault and harassment in the military. Uh, there have been multiple instances, and you can you know cite any of the ones that I've given. And these uh, the lack of action is completely unacceptable. What do you plan to do about it? How can you um, how can you change things? How can you keep our brothers and sisters safe? Those are very simple questions. And if you call them and if you email them, particularly the ones that are on the armed service committees, like that's the only way we're gonna get comprehensive change.
0: Yeah, we should post up a list of those later. but also, uh, yeah,
1: they are in my highlights. If anyone goes to my Instagram page, I have everything that I just mentioned are, is is on my highlights and also to the fact that, March eleventh, there is a Vanessa Guillen march in D.C. Uh, to you know remember Vanessa
0: Guillen that I will be attending. So that that's something else as well. See, and the thing that gets to me too is, and you mentioned the fact that the military is slow to do anything about this. If we if we step back from the the particular assault nature of, of this issue, the Marine Corps did a study. Uh, I think it was mid two thousands ish. And they came out with the the Operational Stress Control and Readiness Program, right, Oscar? And they looked at the physiological effects of combat stress. And they said, okay, well, we can't just treat this as, hey, stop being a bitch and go back to work. Because you have all these physiological effects. Like if you're in enough explosions and gunfights, yeah. your, your adrenaline level kind of resets itself to a higher standard. So to get to that level again, that's why a lot of people come back from combat and they take these high-risk behaviors, like they go skydiving and bungee jumping and drive their motorcycles too fast because they're still, they're trying to get back to that rush, and it's so much harder to get there. And since we know there's this, and there's a lot of different effects there, I'm not going to sit here and go through the whole science of it. Uh, it's easy enough to Google it, but if we know that there's psychological trauma that has physiological effects, and we spent all the money for that study because we were trying to get people back in the fight, why would we not take the same information and say, Okay, we've had this sexual assault victim or like this, uh, this person who's gotten the shit kicked out of them because they spoke up about some abuse they were taking. And even if nobody put a hand on them, they're still going to feel that psychological effect and compounding it by, like you said, putting them, leaving them in the room next to the, the, the scene of the crime, basically, yeah. or making them stay in the same unit as the person who did this to them. Yeah, I can't tell
1: you how many people messaged me saying that um, they have been assaulted multiple times and they didn't even want to report it because the first time they report it was so traumatic.
0: Right. And if the first time they report it, nothing happens. What's the point of reporting it the second time?
1: Yeah. So there there is a, a book that um, I was put onto called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's basically the physical effects of trauma and how your brain rewires itself. And so I'm, I'm about to start reading this, though. So I could be better versed on it. But the fact of the matter is, is that combat does not have a monopoly on PTSD. There is toxicity. And every time that somebody is swept under the rug or ignored or pushed aside, it makes the situation worse. And then furthermore, like just the other day, I was talking about an experience that I had with um having a little bit of trouble when i got back from my second deployment you know driving for the first time because like you're a little nervous when you get back from deployment and all you done is that and i i had people in my comments calling me like a pussy and saying that i was weak and that i didn't deserve to be in the military and i was like dude like i did five deployments like what, what like. Where do you fucking get off by telling me that I'm a pussy? You the know? lion,
0: the witch, and the audacity of that bitch.
1: And now imagine you're a 19 year old who hasn't really uh, established a lot of street cred and you're trying to talk about some of your problems and you have dudes out there. And, like, by the way, I looked at this dude's profile. Didn't he even have a combat action ribbon or badge or anything.
0: Fucking boot.
1: Like, he had a picture of him like carrying all these care packages and what I'm assuming was Kuwait or something. And it was just like, bro, like, who are you to talk? You know, and so if you have somebody who doesn't necessarily have a podcast or a social media platform, and they're trying to put their stories out there, and they're met with the same toxicity that like
0: I'm met with, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, like I've I spent a very large amount of my, let's say, late twenties, early thirties overseas, even after my my uh, Marine Corps career, and to this day, I get in my truck and I have to remember to put my seatbelt on because we don't wear seatbelts over there, right? And I have to, I always, I start the truck, I put it in reverse first in case some shit goes down while I'm getting all my radio set up and putting plugging my phone in. Like, there's no reason for that. I live in Virginia. Like, I'm not going to get into a shootout when I'm in my car. But it's, it's a pre-programmed response. And if anybody wants to come and tell me I'm a bitch because of it, they can fucking come to my house. I'll give them my, my address. So the
1: fact of the matter is, is that we, um, at the Smoke Pit, we... We'll be doing some uh, big proactive things. I put a poll out and we got some great ideas. Uh, next payday, March 1st, uh, all proceeds from merchandise that we sell that day will be donated to an MSG, uh, MST military sexual trauma uh, charity. We're in the process of doing our due diligence and our research because like, you don't want to donate to somebody who's got a lot of overhead. Give somebody sketchy some money, and then it goes nowhere. Yeah, so we um we're we're doing that March first. So if you've been looking for an excuse to buy some merchandise, like there it is. Um, On top of that, we're also looking into putting up a billboard outside of Camp Lejeune and finding like a nice, uh, cohesive message that you know one like you know is it pays respect to the victims and two doesn't exacerbate the uh, the situation because at the end of the day. It's easy to go around just saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, but if you're not bringing people over to your cause, you're never really going to gain more esteem. So I will implore you that if you do have disagreements with people over various situations, remember that if you are advocating on cause on uh, behalf of a cause, you are an ambassador. And if every time that somebody disagreed with me on one of the you know, nonprofit things that uh, I advocate for, if I was just really shitty to them... I lost a potential, uh, you know, uh,
0: soldier for that cause. You know, yeah. Always remember that you're trying to put a positive face on a movement in order to get traction, right? Yeah. If if you run around just being an asshole, everybody's going to look at. And it doesn't matter what your cause is. Your cause could be saving puppies from, you know, getting murdered by velociraptors with laser beam eyes, <laughs> right? That seems like it would be a pretty pretty universal thing. Like nobody wants puppies to be murdered by velociraptors with laser beams for eyes. But if you're a dickhead. No one's going to want to deal with you, right? That is true. So uh,
1: up next, we have uh, an exclusive interview that I did with uh, some fantastic guests. So please excuse the audio a little bit. It was a call-in, and we thoroughly hope you enjoy. Thank you for all your attention and consideration to this. Make sure you check us out on social media because we will be busy in the next month.
0: Absolutely, and we're going to keep fighting, and we're going to keep finding new ways to fight.
1: Up next, we have the admin of DD-214 Memes returning once again, and a new guest, the admin of War and Warriors. You can check them out on social media. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, how's it going?
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, Dan.
1: Without giving away your Bruce Wayne secret identity, would you tell the listeners a little bit about your backstory?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, very secret indeed. Um, <laughs> just Army guy, nothing crazy. Uh, I get asked probably on a weekly basis whether I'm a Ranger or SF, and I'm like, no, I'm J-R-O-T-C, um, so don't get excited.
3: <laughs> the true but, heroes.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, the unrecognized ones. But uh, no, nah, man, honestly, I haven't done anything crazy. Uh, I just make memes. That's me.
1: Well, it is truly a noble profession. I feel like the real heroes of this pandemic have been the uh, the healthcare workers, the sanitary workers, the food workers, and the humble meme lords. Most of the uh, meme
3: lords, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Most, we got yes. to put everyone on our back while we're sitting at home for
1: months on end. <laughs>
2: yeah. Sitting on the couch, putting a dent in it, you know?
1: Well, we all definitely need some humor during this. Uh, we have some great topics to cover today, uh, basically sparked from uh, a couple posts that I saw on War and Warriors on your Instagram. Those of you who have listened for a while know that one of my big issues is the underemployment of our veterans. So, for example, you have a service member who separates, and while they were in the military, they were in charge of two or three dozen personnel and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of dollars worth of equipment, and there is no direct translation to their skills. And so, another example would be if you have a medic or a corpsman, and they get out, and they want to go into that profession, they basically have to start at the bottom yeah, some of their electives will transfer over because of the uh, joint service transcript, but none of the core classes. And essentially, they're having to start from square one, compete with a bunch of people who are four to 12 years younger than them in a field where they already have all that experience. Now, Special Forces Medics have a program, I think, in like one or two states where they're able to fast track into being a physician assistant, which is pretty pretty equivalent to the, the level of experience that they have but it's not available for everyone and so you have a lot of guys who are just and gals who are just settling for jobs because it's what they need in order to take care of their family and that's why a lot of people regret getting out so dd214 i will pitch this to you first uh what mos's do you think would be the easiest to translate into equivalent civilian jobs and what obstacles do we currently face
3: uh there's there's people who will be in a job where you're highly employable like like avionics you can get a job in 20 different places if you get out if you if you're an avionics guy or uh intel uh logistics there's there's definitely jobs out there like that that as soon as you get out you can you're going to be able to get a job but you also have to be able to like it has to be a job that you're willing to do because some guys i know i've spoken to and i'm like oh, like you, you were in the, the air wing, you did maintenance. Like, are you you know, getting paid the big bucks doing air, aviation maintenance now that you're out? And they're like, no, I, I hate aviation maintenance. I'm, I'm working to be a welder right now or something. And so um, whenever that's one thing, whenever someone comes and talks to me about like, oh, I want to join the military. What should I do? I want to be a grunt, this and that. I'm like, well, you gotta, you gotta kind of take into account we're not at war right now so you're you're going to be mostly larping if you're going to be a grunt uh and there's a lot of really great jobs out there that provide you uh, adequate job training that is going to get you a good paying job when you get out but don't just do it because you want however much money that job pays like yeah you could you could probably make a good amount of money if you go into intel but if that's just something that your heart is not in at all if you just rather be working with your hands and sitting at a computer desk like go be an electrician, go be a welder. There's, there's jobs like that in the military too. So, um, I mean, there's, there's no shortage of jobs that don't provide you with adequate job skills. I was, uh, I was a AAV crewman and I'll tell you, I haven't found an employer yet, yet that's, uh, looking to employ someone who has driven an amphibious tank and shoot machine
1: guns. Yeah. Getting out my options were cops, security guard, or crossing guard. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think they told me I could be like uh, a bus driver or a diesel mechanic, which is like I was an operator. I wasn't even a mechanic, so I didn't know how to do anything on like the engines or anything like that. Where I was like, well, I'm not going to be a bus driver, but I will say uh, what I did when I got out is as I was listening to the death by PowerPoint and TRS, I was I just hopped on the uh, the Department of Labor website and I looked up. Uh, job growth, like estimated job growth over the next 10 years to try and figure out like, okay, I need to find a job that's still going to be here in 10 years rather than uh, finding something that's going to get replaced by a robot next month. And I saw that wind energy was like exploding and I was like, you know, I never thought about that, but it would be pretty cool to like, you know, be turning wrenches and wiring stuff up like 300 feet in the air every day. And that wouldn't be too dissimilar from what I was doing. A lot of the stuff is, it's a completely different system, of course. But
1: now, the first question I know all our listeners are going to want to ask is how many times have you jerked off at the top of one of these structures?
3: Uh, (laughs) Only once just to say I did it. I'm going to be honest. you (laughs) You got to do it once to say you did it, but respect.
1: You got to be careful with that. Otherwise, you're always going to be trying to one up yourself. Yeah. Next thing you know, you got electric nipple clamps, you got the rope tied around your neck and you're rappelling down. You got to finish before you, you hit the deck. So that way you can hit your brake. on top of the the roof completely buck naked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, um, and it
3: was, it was it was it didn't make it any better that uh, it's, a, it's a pretty veteran heavy industry and like two two of my co-workers we almost all the veterans that worked there were were marines and like the two guys that i worked with were like salty old like invasion of iraq type back in that that era so like we were all just like i mean it's it's a blue collar job so it's it's pretty uh rough neck humor and all that sort of thing but we we all just like had our own little sect that took it to the next level that all these other guys are like oh my god these guys are fucking
1: savages Oh yeah, no doubt, probably blew their uh, their mind a little bit. It's great to have those pockets of veterans that you meet in your workplace, but you got to get to that place first. And unfortunately, no matter how much experience you have, if you don't have the right certifications or degree or qualifications, you may not get hired. And part of that is because of the insurance liability. Part of that is because they don't know how good you are at your job if they're just looking at your resume versus you know, the next person who has. So, Warren Warriors, I don't want you to feel left out, so I'll pose this question to you. What do you think can be done about it?
2: I mean, this is a pretty uh, pretty in-depth talk- topic, honestly, uh, because you see, like I said, so much of the success stories and then so many of the unsuccessful stories uh, in this entire realm. So, you know, kind of like DD was saying, blue collar, a lot of dudes are going to go blue collar. The one benefit of that is you're going to get clicked up pretty quick because there's a lot of vets in that industry. And personally, when I was in the civilian world for a little bit, um, I was looking for a job. Turns out a guy that was in my platoon uh, was a manager in the area for a company. And so uh, he told me to come to the interview. I got there you know, 15 minutes prior, all that good stuff. There was already the waiting lobby full of people. And he opened up the door. He's like, brother come on in and he oh, walks out he gives lost me a hug right
3: then <laughs> Dude,
2: yeah he came out gave me a hug and he was you know he was wearing his little uh the insignia a little pin on his tie and we went in and closed the door he's like yeah we're just gonna bullshit in here for five minutes you know and then you know fuck off and we'll go meet up later and then you know i had the job the next day but you know what if you don't want to be blue collar what if you don't want to be a laborer you know what if you're tired of that um so I think a lot of that starts at the very beginning of the route, kind of like you were saying, DD. Um, you know, I want to be a grunt. I want to be, I want to go to war. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, cause they watch the commercials and they, they talk to the recruiters. I have an opportunity to talk to a lot of these dudes that are looking at going in and I tell them go Intel, go anything to get you a top secret security clearance, anything like that. That's going to guarantee you a route into a three letter or the department of state. Like, Anything like that will set you. You'll be squared away. Don't be, don't be trying to chase what sounds cool in the commercials because that's not real life. At least right now, it's not. You know, in this era we're in, um, you know, like you said, the uh, the aerial field, yeah, that can turn out well sometimes. Guys go to work for Boeing and make six figures, or you know, they're a monkey with a wrench and they <laughs> they hate their day to day job. I think. Uh, Oh, fuck, man. The whole the whole problem is not properly planning the careers out from the get-go and coming in with these misconceptions about what the military is and what it's going to be after. And then yeah, their man. leadership being in the cult pretty much of, you know, while they're in, they, they're in the cult. They don't know what's what outside life is. You know, they're not these in-depth career planners for the civilian world. So how are they going to start prepping their guys a year, two years out? to get these qualifications or to look into these, these fields they need to go into to set themselves up for success.
3: Yeah. And going back to what yeah. uh, Decelerate Your Life said on the last uh, podcast, where, where we all had a little man orgy um, at the end of the day, we still need dudes ben, to bust uh... rust, uh, bust rust on, on Navy ships. We need dudes to to sweep the floors. We need some, some people to do some uh, pretty dull jobs that aren't really, they're not really uh, going to provide you with a lot of, like even, even in infantry where you're going to be in, at least you're going to be in charge of someone at some point and get some type of leadership experience. There's going to be, uh, people who just kind of get stuck in, in the gym for like two years or something, or you're, you're, you're just stuck at like a company clerk and you're grunt and you never wanted to be a company clerk. So, uh, for those guys getting out and, and really for anyone who gets in and they decide this job isn't for me, um, when you're, when you're getting ready to get out, you have to kind of pick out what's rather than, I mean, maybe maybe money is, is what's going to make you happy, but figure out what's going to make you happy, whether that's a certain paycheck or a certain type of job. And then start looking into that, like into what you can do to do that type of work and make a living. And once you do that, you, you can come up with a couple different options, try and, try and reach out into those communities on like Facebook groups or uh, if you yeah. know anyone that's gotten out. When you're, when you're getting out, you can actually start using, I mean, you can use TA when you're still in tuition assistance, um, and you can also use and get, and get your GI bill set up.
1: Just like you can file your VA disability up to six months before you get out, and you can attend transition seminar up to a year before you get out, and it's required by law that you do that. But no matter how many programs or resources that are available, which there are quite a few. You, you can't really throw a stone without hitting one these days. But no matter how many are available, it doesn't matter if the troops don't, one, show up, and two, participate. Because the angle of trajectory that you give yourself exiting the military will um, impact the rest of your life. Exactly. So you have to take it seriously. You have to do the research, and then you can't blame other people uh, when it doesn't go your way. And we have noticed that a lot of people will just be so eager to get out that they'll kind of have a, a blase attitude towards it. And then when they find themselves kind of like disconnected and isolated and not in the uh, the best position, it's a, it's a struggle because it's expensive to be poor in America. You miss a, a payment, now you got a late fee. And then you miss that again, you got another fee and interest is building. Like it sucks. Like if you had the money to pay it, you would have done so to begin with then you get hit with overdraft fees and now you have to work extra hours and doubles and weekends. And maybe you don't have time to set up appointments for your, your VA disability. Maybe you don't have time to go take that polygraph or that screening for that job. That's going to be a higher paying, better job for you. So I'll, I'll kick it over to you guys. We'll start off with Warren warriors. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. Badass man. Um, A lot of that I think personally comes from community, and uh, to kind of go on on that, we were briefly talking earlier about the uh, the twenty two a day, how that's you know inaccurate these days, and you know more or less overplayed, which I have a strong opinion on. Uh, I think it's bullshit. I think a lot of it's personal attention seeking, and people are looking to get their uh, their likes on their post, you know, showing how fucking much they care, but they're not actively seeking out people to help. And uh, I think the big thing is. Instead of fucking grandstanding on how helpful you are, how many of your brothers have you called this week? Who have you DM'd on Instagram? Who have you hit up on Facebook? Who haven't you seen post in three months? Because maybe you need to check up on them. You know, and the best solutions I've seen to this is dudes that will get, uh, they'll get, you know, some crowdsourcing together and they'll organize hunting trips and they'll keep everybody plugged in. And it's like, like, I'll drive up to your house. Like, hey, motherfucker, you're not disappearing on us. Get in the fucking truck. We're going out, you know? And it's just uh, how much do you really think about it? And I'm asking this to, like, everybody listening. It's like, how much do you actually think about the issue? And how much do you actually put in to resolve that on a personal level? Because if we yeah. all work on a personal level, it grows Good to point. a community level. And then we just fucking take it from there. And that's, you know, that's my whole all my feelings on that basically so uh, dd if you want to take over
3: yeah i'd, yeah, I'd sure. say in my experience the the two biggest things that i've i've noticed are like when, when you get out it's it's such a weird phenomenon where you're with these guys who are like your your best friends in the whole world for years and then all of a sudden one day you're all scattered across the country and everyone's, you know, in school, working, having get getting families, everything like that. So it's like everyone like to try and sync something up is it's it gets very difficult very fast. Like I remember the day I got out, I was like I was uh, about to head out the gate and I saw my like two best friends. I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna see each other in less than a year for sure. And we were like, Yeah, we're gonna do it. And then a year passed and like we were all like, Man, we are fucking busy as shit. But yeah. And that's, I mean, it's just how it goes, but thankfully with social media, we can kind of keep connected, but making that effort, like, okay, maybe I w- it would be nice, like, to, to save some extra money here or something, but if you have the opportunity to, like, I got to go go back home uh, earlier last, last summer and on my like road trip, I stopped by and I saw like, I saw a bunch of the dudes that I, I served with. And that was like the happiest time in my life. Like since I've been out, like seeing those dudes again, it brought me so much joy. Like I fucking love those dudes. Just getting to see them, have dinner with them. Absolutely. Like If you can, if you can go connect with your, your homies, like in real life, man, it is, it is just so uplifting. And then the other thing I think that's been, been really uh, helpful for me is we're, we're all aware that this, this massive Uh, epidemic of of suicide and depression and mental health exists in our community and in a a greater uh, magnitude than in the regular community but it's it's somehow it's like we're we're also like we tiptoe around the subject like we'll make it's it's very easy to make a post and put it on Instagram but it's uh, very difficult to kind of go to someone and be like hey I'm struggling and I, I've yeah. been in that position where it's yeah. like it's it's terrifying, man. To like, oh, are 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 my buddies gonna look at me different? Uh, are they gonna treat me different? What's gonna happen next? Like, I just I don't want them to to think less of me or anything like that. Yeah. But I found that in in every situation where either someone's opened up to me or I've opened up to someone else, it's almost like instantly like usually they're like, dude, I get it. I'm literally going through the same exact thing. And it's just like a, a massive release for both of us where we're like, people don't, people don't like understand some of the, the different factors that go into, into like what we feel. And when we can just like spit it out at each other, dude, it is like, it's like taking a massive weight off of you where you're like, Oh, finally that's like, that's out of me. Right. And then, Absolutely. and now once you get like, once you get over that hurdle, of uh anxiety about you know talking to someone about it then then you have that connection with them where you're like dude i'm having a fucking rough day today and they're it's not even like a big deal like y'all already know what's up with each other so like those two things making sure you're you're staying in contact with your your buddies and if you can like go have a fucking beer with them and and don't be don't be so scared of of tiptoeing around the subject because i guarantee you any, like I could be broke as shit, uh, you know, have like 60 hours scheduled for this work week. And like, if my buddy up in Michigan is like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to make it tomorrow. I'm getting in the car and I'm heading to Michigan. Like,
1: or at the very least you're on a FaceTime call or a zoom call with them having a beer.
3: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you don't, you get so wrapped up in this, in this uh like mental trap that you don't realize if it was if it was one of your buddies you would do anything in your power to help them out and that that's almost pretty I've always found that that's reciprocated those your buddies are there to do it right back to you if you need it
1: and if you don't know how to start the conversation i mean the three of us have posted thousands of memes just just pick one and send it to them <laughs> try to reminisce over it. i just got to say i'm like
3: if you if you don't follow climb to cool climb to glory seven he's the uh, yeah. csm for 10th mountain division that dude is like set the bar for for leadership using social media as a tool uh to reach his guys and girls uh reach reach out and like stay engaged especially with the pandemic he's he's been killing it and he's also at the same time kind of he's like setting an example for everyone else like The stuff he does, where he's he's showing uh, what's what they're doing out in the field. He's going to their barracks room. He's saying, "I don't want this this room that you're stuck in to just be like a place where you sleep. I want this to be like your home." And highlighting the people that you know make their rooms dope. You know, hang up uh, decorations and have like sweet setups and stuff. And he's all about it. Um, So if if I I wish I had a sergeant major like that when I was in man, that dude (laughs) is. That dude is yeah, killing for sure.
2: Me. I think the main thing is that there's the huge potential for any of those options—good, bad, ugly—and we get to see all three of those play out uh, kind of simultaneously right now with uh, everyone that's doing it. So, obviously, being a, a high-up leader like that, like a sergeant major, um, you know, you're going to be in the spotlight regardless if you choose to have a social media, which most of them do now for PR. Um, of course the spotlight's going to grow because people can comment and all that. And if you choose to actively engage in social media, like what we're seeing, uh, man, if the people like you, they're going to love you. If they dislike you, they're going to fucking destroy you. And Sergeant major of the army, uh, he's done, I think pretty well. He, uh, kind of came in and followed all the meme pages and everybody's tracking that, that that happened. And everybody made memes of him at first and a little bit of roasting. then he actually had some dialogue and bounced back with everybody. And we're like, okay, he can play the game. Like he's not, he's not saying, Oh, Hey, you guys made memes of me. I'm going to find your chain of command and I'm going to fucking spit roast you with your Sergeant major. You know, he played ball. That's the main thing. He didn't take it personally. You know, we yeah, didn't and, out and of he
3: it. absolutely like maintained his, his professionalism with his position absolutely. at the same time. He, he nailed it in both aspects where he wasn't like, Wild and out but yeah right he, he was he balanced engaging. it well yeah
2: in direct stark startling contrast to command what is it chief sergeant master air force captain chief whatever master sergeant
3: of the air the force. Chief,
2: yeah the chief pilot of the air force she flies the biggest <laughs> plane so
1: <laughs> dude
2: holy shit how can you fuck up that many times in a row and uh she did the exact opposite which is where she fucked up she she tried to play ball right uh, the whole, is it bass or, bass or bass or bass or bass situation? That first comment, her reply to that, that, that lit the match. Uh, even if you're joking, talking about bringing in someone's chain of command, anything like that, it's not a flex, it's like a threat, you know? And then this whole debacle that I've been on all yeah. week about this fucking, uh, dude, I mean, we all, we've all seen the, the Facebook post that the, the female airman put up, and it was mentioned in the, the PJ ex-husband. And my main question is, how the fuck did it get to her desk in the first place? And then she just tossed it up. There's no discretion there.
3: We can't expect everyone to, to hit it on the, the head every single time. And I think a lot of the, the soldiers really appreciate seeing the, the engagement with the Sergeant Major, of the Army, the way he has. Like, yeah, you're not going to make everyone happy. You're not always going to make the right decision. But at least, at least they know... That if they if they want uh, to be a part of the discussion, that they can reach him. I don't think there's. Right. I don't know if I ever thought in when I was in the Marine Corps. I don't know if there's a, a Marine that's not working directly under him that that thinks that they're ever going to be able to reach the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps with with any of their opinions. Kind of looking at what the the Army, the Sergeant Major of the Army does as far as engagement and uh, how that's worked out. And I think looking at the disaster that the the chief mass sergeant of the air force has uh, put out so far, at least at least in in her respects, I will say that just like the sergeant major of the army, like she's making that effort to engage because I think they understand the uh, the value that social media provides when there's these issues that the the I mean at the end of the day they gotta be concerned with okay we have these really qualified tier one marines that are are getting out uh why can't we keep these guys yeah And, and plenty of issues like that like when when the commandant says we need to start doing more about suicides in the force all of these issues where uh if they if they're expecting to to tell their their battalion commanders okay uh, find out what i i need to do next and then the battalion commanders are going down to the company commanders and going down through that chain of command is what the answers they're going to come come back with are just going to be filtered through uh leaders trying to trying to appease the person above them they're they're gonna filter out the any type of criticism and with the, with the way that it's going with with these other leadership uh roles like the chief master sergeant in the air force or sergeant major of the army that open dialogue it's you can see it with the army where a lot of stuff a lot of conversations are happening very fast in a way that i don't think would ever happen in the marine corps at the the degree that they're happening because there's not that that fluid uh source for communication from top to bottom exactly
1: Unfortunately, we have run short on time. So gentlemen, please let the listeners know where they can find you and where they can stay plugged in. And if they have any follow on questions about anything that was said, you know, they um, could be able to reach out to you.
2: Awesome. Uh, Yeah. So Instagram page, War and Warriors official. And that's because War and Warriors was taken by some high schoolers that never logged back into their account. So I couldn't buy it from them. Um, So find me there. Uh, I got a podcast of my own coming soon um some very big projects in the
3: works yeah and you can find me on uh i don't really post on my facebook page too much anymore it's kind of shadow banned into oblivion but you can find me on instagram dd214 memes i got some youtube videos up i got i got my album g light up on spotify and apple music so i'm doing a little bit of everything it's a banger too
1: well thank you very much for your time fair winds and following seas and we'll see you next time in the smoke pit